Then we drove down to Denham Springs, Louisiana, and that's where we've been until now. And we've gotten to see uh, family and friends, and uh, I'm so glad for the, the opportunity this evening. Uh, next month, we'll, we will celebrate 15 years of being in Nigeria. Uh, our first church that we started just had its 14th anniversary. Uh, in fact, uh, just about a week ago, we would have celebrated the 14th anniversary of Truth Baptist Church. And we're in our sixth year of pastoring two churches. We have Grace and Glory Baptist Church inside the city limits of Abuja. And we have uh, co-pastors in both of those churches. Uh, last year, we did uh, six soul winning and leadership conferences. Uh, basically seminars for churches. We had over a hundred churches represented in those conferences. And uh, we also do three student missions institutes for training in evangelism, SMITE camps. Uh, we do three of those in Nigeria. Uh, the first time that we did three of them, we had over 470 teenagers uh, come from 51 different churches to the three camps. And uh, they enrolled, I believe it was nearly 2,400 children in the three camps. And it just, uh, and it's, it's growing and growing and growing. Um, we now uh, have conducted uh, two camps, or two years worth of camps in Ghana. And last year we went to Kenya for the first time. And we're looking to expand it even more. And of course that's uh, camps teaching teenagers how to run children's Bible clubs. Uh, and we just had a graduation for our Providence Baptist College and Seminary in January. It was our sixth commencement service. We now have over a hundred graduates serving God throughout Nigeria uh, that have come through either our part-time ministry training school at Temple Baptist Institute or our full-time Bible college. And uh, I'm, I'm running both of those schools with uh, two pastors and it's been wonderful working together with them. We ask that you pray for our country. Nigeria is the seventh most populous country in the world, uh, over 200 million people. Uh, we've just come off of, uh, when we took the embassy flight, we had just come off of about six weeks of lockdown there. And even when they were easing up some of the restrictions, there was still a lot of difficulty moving around. Um, and it's, it is, it's uh, challenging to see how Nigeria is going to come out of it. We, uh, the, a lot of things were treated just like they are here with people not being able to go to work, people not being able to move around, people uh, told to stay at home. Uh, but uh, we have a lot of people that, that uh, they're, they're home situation. There's a lot of people packed into one or two rooms. And, and uh, I was reading an article just recently that we have over a hundred million people in Nigeria living on less than a dollar a day. And uh, so the, the economy is already hurting uh, with uh, oil prices. We're a big exporter of oil. And uh, we're already having some difficulties with security in different parts of the country. Uh, we've had uh, a terrorist organization called Boko Haram in the north. We've had kidnappings in the oil region of the southeast. And a lot of different clashes between Christians and Muslims throughout the country. And uh, we, des we decided uh, about two years ago that our ministry wanted to do something 
to help with the persecutions that are going on in different regions of the country. And we started a ministry called the City of Refuge, uh, where we have housing for those who have been affected by persecutions. We now have nine families uh, staying on the property that the Lord allowed us to purchase and build uh, two housing units. We're working on getting a, a separate unit for a kitchen space. We want to build an auditorium for a church that we, we plan to start uh, with the people there. And uh, these are families that have been affected by persecution. They they converted to Christianity and they were cast out of their village or cast out of their, their group of relatives. Uh, some of them, many of them, their lives were threatened. These are people that uh, not only need a refuge, but they want to be trained up to go back and reach their people. Uh, the same people that brought on the, the persecution. And so uh, pray for that ministry. It's called the City of Refuge. And it's been uh, something that the Lord just answered a great prayer that we had that we wanted to make some kind of difference uh, among the different clashes that were going on throughout the nation. And then, of course, uh, be praying that we can return to our ministry soon. And we do pray for you here. And we thank you so much for your faithful support of our work. I'm reading from 1 Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 2, 1 Samuel chapter 2, and starting in verse number 18, the Bible says, but Samuel ministered before the Lord, being a child girded with a linen ephod. Moreover, his mother made him a little coat and brought it to him from year to year when she came up with her husband to offer the yearly sacrifice. And Eli blessed Elkanah and his wife and said, The Lord give thee seed of this woman for the loan which is lent to the Lord. And they went unto their own home. And the Lord visited Hannah so that she conceived and bare three sons and two daughters. I want you to notice this statement. And the child Samuel, the child Samuel grew before the Lord. Verse 26, And the child Samuel grew on and was in favor both with the Lord and also with men. Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for the opportunity to be able to testify of how good you've been to us over these years in West Africa. Thank you for this means to be able to broadcast your word to uh, those who uh, are not able to come to the church services. And, and uh, Lord, we pray that you'll continue to encourage the church members here uh, and prepare us for the time that we're able to assemble together again. May it be an encouraging time. May it be a blessed time. And may we be able to resume back to outreach and to, uh, to, to, to ministries throughout the church. But Lord, as we have these moments now, help us to concentrate on your word and what you have for us tonight. And we'll thank you so much in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, Samuel's is my favorite uh, character in the Bible. Our last child, we have uh, four boys and two girls. Uh, and our last child is Aaron Samuel. Uh, Sabrina and I, we will be celebrating our 19th anniversary in August. And uh, uh, I, 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 we, we have counted it a privilege to be able to raise our children 
on the mission field. And uh, our, my oldest now is 16. That's Martin Joseph Jr. And Aaron will turn uh, two in September. And uh, we waited to the sixth child to get my, my favorite Bible character as one of the names of our children. But, uh, uh, and, and Sabrina said, you know, I, I understand why you, you wanted the middle name of Samuel. He's just a, I, I love the, the character of Samuel. He stood up at the end of his life and asked if anyone had anything against him. No one could testify against him. I mean, he raised up David as, as king. And, and I, just, I just love uh, reading through Samuel. And she said, but what about Aaron? She said, Aaron wasn't really the strongest character in the Bible. I said, yeah, but... It is the last name of the great uh, Atlanta Braves home run king, Hank Aaron, amen. And uh, she wasn't very amused by that, but the name did stick, amen. So uh, we have Aaron Samuel, and I, I love just the, the testimony of Samuel, and, and we see two statements of it here in uh, verse 21 when Samuel is just a child. And the Bible says the child Samuel, Samuel grew before the Lord. You have to excuse me. In Nigeria, they pronounce it Samuel, uh, just just like I guess uh, it, it is pronounced in, in other places. And so, uh, and if I if you catch me saying Nehemia and over pronouncing my words, you'll have to forgive me. It's only been a couple of weeks since we left. But uh, uh, in, in verse 26, it says, And the child Samuel grew on. It amazes me that when you look at the life of young Samuel, he faced the same challenges that so many of us face today. He could have made many of the same excuses that plenty of people make for not serving God, for not turning out for the Lord, for not giving their life to the Lord. Uh, and over 3,000, nearly 3,200 years ago, this child Samuel faced some of the same challenges that you and I face in this country today, in Christianity today, in our own lives today, and yet the child Samuel grew on. Uh, yet the child Samuel grew before the Lord and was in favor both with the Lord and also with men. Uh, we, we have seen uh, so many challenges voiced and so many excuses made for uh, not being able to do ministry here in the U.S. Uh, people told us that uh, we would face so many challenges uh, doing ministry in a third world country doing ministry in West Africa, uh, going to a place that's famous for uh, scam emails and uh, insecurity, and now uh, Boko Haram is a household name, and uh, people said, you know, it's, it's going to be dangerous there, it's going to be difficult there, you can't trust anyone there, the country's too, too corrupt, uh, Pentecostalism has completely consumed the Christianity there, and yet uh, when we're in Nigeria, we hear of the challenges of doing ministry here and uh, that, that, that there's too much religion here and there's uh, you know people have heard everything and they're looking for something new and, and they're just they're, there's no, no space for the old time religion anymore and so there's challenges and excuses in every place but it's amazing that over 3,000 years ago this child faced so many of the same challenges that we have here today. 
Samuel had all the same reasons that we use for failing God. He had all the same excuses uh, many times that he did or that we do uh, for why we can't serve God. In Samuel's country, there were reasons that he could not serve God. The country at this time was in crisis. Uh, we're reading in First Samuel, but when you read through the book of Judges, uh, and when you read through Israel's history at this time, they were in a time of constant upheaval. They were having revival under strong judges, and they were going into apostasy when there was no judge in the land. And we see that throughout the time of the kings, too, when there was a great king boy they served God when there was a weak king or when there was no leadership in the country they went right back to idolatry they went right back to the things of Egypt they went right back to the things of this world uh, in in the last chapter of Judges and the last verse Judges 21 and verse 25 probably a, a verse that we know well in those days there was no king in Israel every man did that which was right in his own eyes and you would see the country go into great apostasy and you would see the uh, the country go away from the, the 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 Lord and then they would cry out and God would send a, a great judge and there would be revival and Samuel was one of those great judges but the country at that time was in crisis and boy isn't that uh, what we would describe our country as being in today and and yea many parts of the world the country is in crisis you know we we don't know what the news is going to be from day to day we don't know what uh, country leaders are going to tell us from day to day we don't know what they're going to tell us is safe or unsafe and usually they're telling us that what they said last week has now been amended and it's been changed and uh, we can explain in a way and we can uh, say well you know it's, it's just a, a difficulty of a virus but really we're in a crisis and at the time that Samuel was a boy at the time that he was growing up his country his nation was in crisis secondly what we see of uh, the corporate challenge that uh, Samuel had is that religion was being questioned religion was being questioned. At the time that Samuel was growing up, the, uh, uh, Eli was a weak judge. He did not have his family in order. Uh, his sons were making demands on the offerings, uh, so much so that verse 17 of 1 Samuel 2 says that, wherefore the sin of the young men was very great before the Lord, for men abhorred the offering of the Lord. What an amazing statement that people in the country of Israel, God's chosen people, the children of God, there was a time where they hated bringing the offering of the Lord because of Eli, the judge's two sons. Uh, in verse 22, it says, Now Eli was very old and heard all his sons did unto all Israel, how they lay with the women that assembled at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. These sons of Eli, these sons of the judge, uh, were involved in fornication. They were placing uh, 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 restrictions and, and they, were, they were making demands of the offerings of the Lord, so much so that the people hated the offering of the Lord and it was called the uh, religion of Israel, their following of the Lord to be put into question. 
There, if we could, uh, if if we could put it in in today's vernacular, we'd say the church was corrupt in that time, and religion was being questioned. Wow, isn't that isn't that the case today? Where where uh, Christianity and and the the role of churches is being questioned, whether we're essential or not, whether it's uh, important enough to uh, be uh, for churches to be allowed to meet. Oh boy, we're we're in a place where uh, the country is in crisis where uh, religion is being questioned and, and, and whether we're right to even push to, to have services and to meet together and, and, and to uh, fellowship together and to assemble together again. But let me tell you, as the country was in crisis, as religion was being questioned, the child Samuel, the child Samuel grew on. He continued to grow and found favor with the Lord and with men. And no matter how much this country gets thrown uh, uh, one way and another, we can still grow in the Lord. We can still grow in our faith. We can still grow in the word of God. We can still grow in prayer. Samuel had national reasons. He had corporate reasons to fail. He also had personal reasons. There were, there were personal things in Samuel's life that were great challenges to him, and yet he still grew on in the Lord. Samuel, number one, was a product of polygamy. Uh, he had his his father had uh, more than one wife in in uh, chapter one and verse number two it says the name of the man was Elimelech the, uh, excuse me I'm reading in Ruth now first Samuel chapter one and verse number two and he had two wives the name of one was Hannah and the name of the other was Penina uh, and, and Penina had children but Hannah had no children uh, here is Samuel and and you would say that uh, uh, maybe he was a part of a, a challenged or even maybe a broken home but uh, uh, the, the the fact is that uh, his home had challenges uh, one wife was favored above another because uh, of and, and, and there was competition between the wives and uh, Hannah was hurting because she did not have children. Here Samuel was a product of polygamy. Polygamy is still something that is uh, very common in Nigeria. Uh, it's not so much uh, common as it was a couple uh, generation or two ago, but uh, just the previous generation, pretty much any, anybody my age or older uh, is a product of a polygamous family in Nigeria. And it brings about its own challenges when you're uh, teaching people uh, the way that Jesus Christ taught that there's one man and one woman and, and how to, to stay together and, to, and to, uh, to love your wife as Christ loved the church and, and, and having one wife and, and that wife honoring the, the husband. And, and, and there's, there's challenges there, great challenges there. But Samuel faced the same challenges. His families faced the same challenges, and yet he grew on. You can grow on through family challenges. You can grow on through divorce and broken homes. You can grow on through difficulties in life. I was not the product of a broken home, but I did lose my father uh, when I was 10 years old. In fact, uh, yesterday, I... Uh, conducted the funeral for my father's 
older brother and uh, my, my uncle Huey. And uh, 31 years ago, we lost his younger brother, my father. And uh, uh, I could have used that as an excuse, but thank God, uh, the Lord used that as a way to bring me to him. And just three months after my father died, I got saved. Uh, five years after my father passed, I got called to preach. And uh, I thank God for uh, people that the, the Lord has brought into my life. Uh, not only was Samuel a product of polygamy, but uh, as he he was growing up in Eli's household, his parents were not present. Uh, he, he, didn't, he didn't grow up in, the, in a normal home of mother and father. Uh, chapter 2 and verse 19, we read it. Moreover, his mother made him a little coat and brought it to him from year to year when she came up with her husband to offer the yearly sacrifice. Uh, could you imagine? Samuel only saw his mother from year to year when she came up to offer the yearly sacrifice. His parents were not present. He didn't grow up in the normal household. He didn't grow up under the nurture of mother and father. But yet the child Samuel grew on. I mean, can you, can you see it? Over 3,000 years ago, here's a young uh, uh, boy, here's a young man who had the same challenges we do, who had the same excuses that we we use for why we can't serve God. Uh, you don't know what my family situation is like. You don't know how it is at home. You don't know how difficult it is. And I'm not trying to minimize that. I'm trying to show you though that there was a young man who had the same challenges and he grew on. He grew in the Lord. He was a product of polygamy. His parents were not present. Thirdly, his pattern was pitiful. Uh, just imagine who was supposed to be Samuel's influence. It was supposed to be the sons of Eli. Uh, it was supposed to be these, these sons of the judge living in the same house there. And yet the sons of Eli were involved in fornication. Yet the sons of Eli were making the, the offering to be uh, abhorred or to be hated in the country of Israel and the nation of God's people. Uh, the pattern that Samuel had was terrible. And boy, uh, all of us can tell stories of, of how people that were supposed to be good influences upon us have fallen, or people that we were supposed to trust in uh, have, have uh, gone aside, and uh, people that we're supposed to look up to. Look, we're, you know, we're supposed to have some uh, confidence in, in the medical field or in our government, and all of those, they've had their own challenges, and they've had their own difficulties, and it's hard to know who to trust. But in the midst of a country that was in crisis, in the midst of religion being questioned, in the midst of polygamy and parents being absent and the pattern before him being pitiful, the child Samuel grew on. And we see not only did Samuel have national crisis and not only did he have personal challenges. Uh, lastly on that, uh, besides polygamy and his parents being gone and the pattern before him not being good, the prophet, the prophet was powerless. Eli, the, the, the judge, the prophet of the land at that time would not correct his sons. Uh, God sent a special word through Samuel to correct Eli and to bring a rebuke and a correction to Eli. Samuel was even uh, afraid to bring the word of the Lord to Eli. And here was Eli and he was powerless to do anything. 
He, he basically refused to correct his sons. He basically refused to bring the, the rebuke that was needed. And here's Samuel growing up under a man of God, under a prophet that was powerless. And in fact, uh, you know, you could say that uh, there was a lot of injustice there that, uh, uh, that Eli was allowing his sons to get away with so much because they were his sons. But let me tell you something. Uh, we, anyone under the sound of my voice that, that is uh, in, a, in a, uh, a difficult situation, in a challenging situation, uh, you, you're, you're having uh, difficulties financially or you're not sure what the s- uh, situation of your job is. Maybe you come from a broken home. Maybe you have problems at home. Maybe you can look back and say, boy, it was difficult and people I trusted turned on me. Uh, all of those things. Things or challenges in your life, and I'm not minimizing that, but I can tell you from the example of, of Samuel, you can grow on. You can grow in favor with God and also with man. How did Samuel grow on? How did he overcome the crisis in Israel? How did he uh, keep growing even when uh, his religion was being questioned? How did he grow on even in the midst of the personal challenges of polygamy and his parents being absent and and those that had influence over him were, were, were just a bad example? How did he grow on even though his prophet was powerless? First of all, he listened to God. He listened to God. We know the, the very famous story of Samuel uh, hearing the voice of the Lord and thinking that it was Eli that was, that was calling him in the night. Uh, and um, the Bible says in 1 Samuel 3 and verse 10, And the Lord came and stood and called as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel answered, Speak, for thy servant heareth. Uh, the Lord was ready to give a word to Samuel, and he was calling Samuel, and Samuel wasn't old enough to know uh, the voice of the Lord at that time, or wasn't mature enough, or maybe he just thought, well, I, I better check with the man of God first, and he would go to Eli, and, and Eli told him to, to go back to his room or go back to bed, and, and uh, he heard the voice of the Lord again, and finally... The third time, uh, Samuel answered, speak, for thy servant heareth. And I realize that's just a, a one phrase in the story, but this really characterized the life of Samuel. Uh, Samuel listened for the voice of the Lord. He heard from God. He was a powerful prophet. And he learned to listen to God. He learned to walk with God. He learned to hear the voice of the Lord. And if we are going to grow on during this time when our nation is in crisis, during this time when uh, the the general public and when certain governments are, are, are questioning whether church is is essential. If we are going to grow on, we must walk with him. We must hear the voice of the Lord. Boy, and, and, and let me tell you something. Uh, learning to hear the voice of God and learning to listen to God is a lot different than what we normally do. Uh, you know, we, we, we enjoy hearing somebody else talk about God. 
That's what I'm doing right now. And please don't turn me off right now because uh, we want you to listen to uh, the, the message. But we, we enjoy it and, and we've, we've probably, many of us have taken advantage of this time and we're listening to other sermons and we're listening to other men of God uh, uh, bring us uh, messages. And uh, I mean, everybody's doing Facebook Live now and everybody's uh, recording messages and everybody's got a YouTube channel now. Uh, and this is the first time that I've ever uh, recorded messages before and uh, so we've we've put on two messages a week for our people we're still trying to do it even now this message will be forwarded to Nigeria you're international now amen but uh, uh, I mean we've probably many of us have taken advantage of this time of lockdown to even hear more messages from uh, men of God but listen to me that is not that is not hearing directly from the Lord. We, we enjoy hearing other people talk about God. Uh, we enjoy talking about God. Uh, we, will, we will testify and speak blessings. and We'll put uh, the little messages on Facebook about how God has been good to us. And, and uh, we'll even, uh, we enjoy, I hope you enjoy talking to God in prayer. But there's a difference in talking to God or listening to other people talk about God or talking about God yourself and actually hearing from God. Hearing from God through the Word of God yourself. I mean getting into the Word of God yourself. Hearing from God through prayer where you, you, you go to God with an with a open page. Don't just go to Him every day with a list. Go to Him every once in a while with an open page. Let the Holy Spirit tell you what to pray for. Hear from God. Uh, go, and, and, and hearing from God when we meditate. The Bible talks about uh, not only that we should be reading the word, but we should meditate therein day and night. Let the word of God become a part of you. Samuel listened to God. He heard the voice of the Lord. He spoke forth the voice of the Lord. If there's a way that we're going to get through uh, this difficult time in our country and this difficult time personally, let me say it again. I'm not minimizing the challenges that you have personally. I'm simply trying to show you that there was a young man uh, over 3,000 years ago that lived and went through the same challenges, the same types of challenges we have today, and he continued to grow. We can continue to grow when we listen to God. And secondly, uh, don't think that I'm throwing away uh, listening to the preaching because I think the second thing that Samuel did is he listened to others. Uh, even though Eli had his faults, Samuel continued to listen to him and continued to grow under Eli and continued to, I believe, gather anything good that he, he could from the ministry of Eli and anything that he could from the example of Eli. Uh, because uh, the, the Bible says in, in chapter 3 and verse number 1, and the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli. He served the Lord under Eli. And the word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no open vision. 
in chapter 2 and verse 26 that we've referenced several times, uh, not only did Samuel grow on and uh, find favor with the Lord, but he also found favor with men. And this was a this was a young boy. This was a young man. This was a youth. The only way that he was finding favor with men, I believe, is he was learning from them. He was growing under their influence. He was he was uh, 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 learning the things that he should from older men. And so we not only need to listen to God, but we do need to listen to others. You need to listen to your man of God and your pastor and and pray for him and and thank God for uh, the word sounding forth uh, week after week from this pulpit still, whether it's live stream or a drive-in service or as you're going to fellowship here again, thank God you can hear the word of God here. We need to listen not only to God... But we need to listen to others. Samuel grew on and he continued to to grow. The child Samuel grew before the Lord because he listened to God and he listened to others. And lastly, the child Samuel continued to grow on because he listened to good or he did right. The, 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 the thing that characterized Samuel just throughout his life is he did the right thing. He just continued to do good. And, and look, we are, it's a temptation when uh, we see those that we should be looking up to failing us or those that people tell us we should be trusting and, and they don't seem to have any good word or any right word or it seems like they're saying one thing one week and changing it the next week it's tempting just to throw it all away and say well I'll just do whatever's right in my own eyes and that's exactly what Israel did Uh, when there was no judge in the land they did that which was right in their own eyes you know, we're not, when we're not fellowshipping together and when people are telling us to stay away from each other and to socially distance and don't go here and don't have visits and, and, and don't have anybody here, I, I'm sure there's some people uh, under the sound of my voice, you haven't seen uh, uh, another soul in weeks uh, except at the grocery store with a face mask on or at, uh, uh, out in, in, in public uh, just walking around your neighborhood. And it's easy when, when nobody's watching or nobody's around or we're not fellowshipping with with anyone to just think that we're all alone and we forget to do right and we forget to do good and we just say well there's it's not worth it anyway no the child Samuel he did right even when those over influence uh, that had influence on him were doing wrong even when the whole country was in chaos this was a difficult time in Israel. Even when religion was being questioned and, and people abhorred the offering of the Lord, the child Samuel did good. He did right. He just, he, he just did what was good and right. And, and I, I beg of you, learn to listen to God during this time. Oh, we have a, a, a great opportunity, an opportunity that usually the Lord has to uh, cause us to, to get sick or take off of work or do something to get us to slow down enough to listen to him. We've got that opportunity now. 
I'm not wishing sickness upon anybody, but a lot of us, we're not going to work. And, and, and a lot of you, you have more time at home and more time uh, hopefully in quiet than you ever had before. Learn to listen to God. Uh, don't, don't make God slow you down in another time in life to teach you what it means to listen to him. Oh, we need to learn that now. And, and, and learn to listen to the word of the Lord as it sounds forth from this pulpit. And we need to do right. Don't just use this and say, well, the country's in chaos. Well, they're saying that church is not important. Well, uh, you know, my, my home life is, is not what it ought to be. And, and, and uh, family's having challenges. My work is having challenges. Economic difficulties. Uh, hang it all and let me just do right in my own eyes. No, we need to do right according to the Lord. And this is how Samuel grew in a difficult situation. I tell you, when I'm reading through this, it encouraged me that uh, what we're facing is not new. Uh, yes, everyone wants to keep saying unprecedented, unprecedented, unprecedented. Uh, there is not a new thing under the sun. It, it, well, whatever we're facing right now, somebody else faced it before, and they lived for God. And we're seeing that with Samuel. He faced, I believe, Every single thing that we're facing today. It doesn't have the same name. It doesn't have the same uh, description. Uh, but generally, he faced crisis. Generally, he faced difficulties in the church. Generally, he faced difficulties personally. And yet, the child Samuel grew before the Lord. And the child Samuel grew on and was in favor both with the Lord and also with men. If you want to have a life where you can get to the end like Samuel did and stand up and say, testify whether I've wronged you. Testify whether I've done anything against you. And no one has a word to say. The way he was able to get to that point is he started growing in the Lord early and young. And I beg of you to grow in the Lord now. Take advantage of this time. Take advantage and hear from God and grow on in the Lord. Thank you, preacher. I want to ask our guys, keep the camera on here during the invitation, because I want you to think about something right quick. I was thinking while he was preaching that for the past several Wednesday nights, we've been preaching in a series called Growing in the Gap, and how we're to be growing during this time of adversity. And Brother Holmes did not know that, and he did not know uh, what our theme was, and that's what we've been preaching through. And so it would seem evident to me tonight that this is something that God would want us to know, and that God wants us to grow through this time. And I'm going to say something. I'm not trying to be insensitive. I think you'll agree with me tonight. Uh, but if you've noticed, you've paid close attention to the news, our country is slowly becoming a nation of victims. And because of difficult things that are happening to us. Now listen, I'm not saying difficult things are not happening to us. And I'm not saying that bad things are not happening to good people. But we're slowly allowing our adversity to become an excuse for not doing the things that we know we're supposed to be doing. And I'm afraid that has entered into the church. And we're allowing the adversity we're going through to excuse us from our obedience and excuse us from what we know we need to be doing and growing through this time. And we're going to end up like the unprofitable servant in Matthew chapter 25 
life, we're going to stand before God, and we're going to give excuses on why we didn't do what we were supposed to do, and we're going to point to adversity. I had this difficult time. You don't know what happened to me. You don't know what I went through. And just like the unprofitable servant, we're going to stand without excuse because God's going to point at Samuel, and he's going to say, but he did it. He grew on in spite of all that he went through. Now, folks, as I sat there tonight, my heart was stirred because he didn't know what we've been preaching on. And yet, that's what God put on his heart. And so, I believe tonight it's God's will that we grow through and that we grow on. And so, we don't have much time left in this adversity. I know we're celebrating that, but what a shame it would be to miss the opportunity to have unprecedented growth through an unprecedented time, all because we chose to live as a spiritual victim of of our circumstances. So with our heads bowed and eyes closed tonight, as our pianist